what is the purpose of this whole uh, job career thing? Um, I had to kind of just come to realization. It's only a piece of who you are, right? The main objective of that is to provide a service to uh, that organization and they pay you for it. And when they don't need you anymore, they're going to, they don't, they're going to stop paying you nothing personal. But then you have to start thinking what, what is the objective? Objective was that you get a paycheck and you come home and you can make hmm. ends meet shelter, food, you know, all the different things and also have some disposable income to do nice things. So then you got to figure out how to, how to close that gap. You have to put yourself in a position to make sure you're okay at home. And, uh, that looks at doing whatever the things you need to do to, to keep a roof over your head and keep your bill bills paid. That's kind of how I look at it. No pride. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Unbounded Growth. My name is Mark Alan Muteba. I'm your host. And today I have the privilege of hosting one of the people that actually helped inspire this podcast. The desire to host him both so much in our heart that I was like, you know, I want to share the knowledge that he shares with me in private with all the world. If it's your first time here, do not forget to hit the subscribe button on YouTube. And if you listen to us on your most favorite podcasting platform, do not forget to follow so you stay up to date with our latest notifications. Uh, and if uh, you haven't had a chance to visit our website, it's www.unboundedgrowth.org. You can subscribe to our newsletter so that we send you growth nuggets every week to help you grow and to continue your journey. In today's episode, we'll be talking about his journey, his journey to cooperate, his education, his goals, and the things that have helped me achieve what he wanted to achieve. A big shout out to our sponsor, Realtor Julie, for all the help. If you are wanting to sell or you wanting to buy or you needing some property management, uh, you can reach out to Julie and our information will be linked in the details of this episode. Uh, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let me welcome and introduce to you my mentor, my coach, and my very good friend, uh, Mr. Tyson Bounty. How are you doing, Mr. Tyson? How's it going? Nice, doing great. Good. So, so uh, <laughs> for, for those of you who are listening, Oh, this is what happened. Mr. Tyson and I recorded for about 45 minutes when I realized that I forgot to hit the record button. So uh, it was... It was yeah, so there's no <laughs> way I'm going to be able to repeat all that again. It'll be a whole new session. <laughs> It'll be a whole new session. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited yeah. for that. So, all right, let's 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 start again from, from the very beginning, your journey. Let's let's talk a little something about your education. You, you graduated from... You finished and graduated from high school. But college is now the first thing on your mind. Let's talk about that journey and then your transition and your decision okay. into going to college. Yeah, let's see. When I graduated high school, let's see. What did I want to do? I just wanted to have fun. I didn't <laughs> want to do anything. And then my parents gave me two choices. Actually, three choices. You're going to have to either just get a job, join the military, <laughs> or go to college. So I said, cool, I got three options. So I went down and took the test for the military and changed my mind in front of you. <laughs> what happened in that day? I just, at that time, you know, in my mind, I was thinking I'm in the military and somebody's going to be telling me what to do. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. Mm. So I'm not doing that. So military was out. I went to college and it was a small college in the, in the community. Uh, I took a class and I probably should have took something a little easier. I took a history class and that was the worst experience ever. Yeah. They could be challenging. Yeah. Yeah. I bombed it, of course. <laughs> so I never went back to college. So I said, I'll just go get a job. So my father had a trucking company mm -hmm. and I drove trucks. Wow. I was a truck driver. How long did you do that for? I did that, uh, did it at 18 years old. So imagine an 18 year old kid driving an 18 wheeler going down the freeway. He looks like he's about this big in there. <laughs> like he's too young to, to be driving. But I did that. Uh, God, how long did I do that? Maybe about five, six years or something like that. Wow. I did that for a little while. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, trucking and construction so mm -hmm. i also operated heavy equipment mm. right out of high school that's interesting and and when do you decide that this is not what you want to spend the rest of your life doing when i saw the other guys i was working with <laughs> you know i was uh, uh i worked with guys that were in their 70s mm. um and um 
I'd get up at four in the morning. Every morning I was up at four o'clock and you drive to the site because it was construction. So you drove to the construction site mm-hmm. and worked here till five o'clock. And then the weekend you're working on your equipment, getting it ready for the week. Mm. So I think I worked about six days a week, 50 to 60 hours a day. And after that, you decide that you, you want to go back to college. Yeah. Well, before that, um, I actually invested and bought some equipment. Mm. So I was pretty much like an entrepreneur at that time. I didn't think about it that way. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about, I'm just making a living. Right. So I'm not even thinking like entrepreneur. Mm. I was just kind of like, this is just what I'm doing Mm -hmm. at that time. So yeah. Um, that's what I did. Now, at the time that you decide to to go back to college, were you a little bit more conscious about what you wanted to do? Did you already had an have an idea about what you wanted to pursue in college? No. No. Um, when that idea came along, uh, me uh, and my wife, uh, we were engaged and. Mm-hmm. Um, she was, uh, kind of inspired me from that standpoint, asking me if you could do anything, mm-hmm. uh, if you could do anything you wanted, anything, no limits, what would that be? Mm-hmm. And then we kind of, it kind of just spun off from there. And then she said, okay, yeah, uh, that kind of inspired me to start taking classes at school and college and going back to school. So I would work construction part-time mm-hmm. and go to college, uh, take some classes, uh, at a two-year college, a few days a week, until I uh, got to a point where I completely left the construction industry and mm. went to school full-time. Mm. And uh, you figured what you wanted to do when you had that conversation with Dr. Tari, your wife, of course. But then when I met you, when I worked for you, when you hired me, you're a VP of engineering, but that's not what you went to school for. No, I was going to school for medicine. I was interested in, um, I had a couple of ideas in my head. I still mm-hmm. had narrowed it down. I was looking in dentistry. Mm-hmm. I was also looking in uh, uh, med school. Uh, those are the two things I was looking at. So my path from an education standpoint was going down that track, which uh, ultimately I have a degree in biology and chemistry. So what what changed that? What changed you from getting a degree in biology and then you decide to to go? Uh, a few things. I actually uh, worked in the computer lab uh-huh. uh, just to make some extra money, and I had a neighbor that was a software engineer, and he was like, "Man, you got to write code. It's so much fun. Uh, you can make a lot of money. It's not hard." Uh, it's really cool. You can make this stuff and it'll do whatever you tell it to do, write these apps, do all this stuff. I was like, Oh, interesting. Hmm. I knew nothing about it. So he gave me a book and I started learning to, to write code, uh, in my spare time. Hmm. And then a challenge comes in because like most companies today, I think companies are getting a little more flexible about it. You don't necessarily need to have a degree in computer science to get a job, but they still want you to have some type of experience. So what was that? What was that like? Your very first job in, in college? That was tough. Um, if you look, uh, anybody goes out there and look at a job description for a software engineer mm-hmm. or any type of technical job, if you look at education, you'll see, uh, some type of computer science degree that you uh, they expect or mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. you know you can have some experience i had neither one but mm-hmm. i wanted to get in this in the field and i got a lot of rejections uh, every application uh even interviews uh they said no um uh, they would pick a uh a student that had a computer science degree over me because I had a biology degree. Mm. So it was kind of a roadblock for me and it, it took a while to, to break through, but, um, persistence pays off, you know, and drive and determination. So mm. I was determined to get in. Um, I was not going to give up cause I was, I was like almost, I was all in and I was going to figure out a way to get into, uh, to be a software engineer. I was like, that was, 
that was what I wanted to do more than anything at the time. Mm. And what 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 helped you to overcome the rejections? Because we see a lot of people like go down the path of depression simply because of the amount of rejections that they've received. What what helped you go through that season? Um, it was more just thinking like, okay, that didn't work. Let me keep trying something else. So I was mm. kept trying to figure out what uh, could create it and everything that came back to me and the feedback, whatever it was, I mm. was like, okay, um, obviously I'm not going to go back and get a degree. Mm. I already got one in biology. There's no way I'm going back and doing that again. So I'm not getting two of them. Mm -hmm. That would take too long. Right. So the other option was trying to figure out how to get experience. Mm. And so I had a friend that actually, uh, he worked for a small startup part-time mm. uh, and uh, I talked to him and got him over there uh, to let me have a conversation with these guys. Was two guys that had a startup, a uh, mm -hmm. small company, and I made a deal with them basically. I basically asked them if I could come work for them for free, mm -hmm. can I use them as a, as a reference on a job? Hmm. And they said, yeah, free? Come on in, man. You can, you can work as much as you want. So that was the deal I made. And uh, that was my breakthrough is my first job was I put them down as a reference. Mm -hmm. And what's funny is when I interviewed, that helped. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that probably took them, took, put me past the line mm -hmm. was I brought in some stuff I worked on. Like I brought in some sample code right, uh, and had them pull it up and. And, and run some stuff that I had uh, created on my own. That's very interesting. And they hired me as a junior software engineer. As a junior. And then you transition, you had a whole journey from becoming, first of all, graduating with a degree in biology, then becoming a software engineer, and then all the way working your ladder in corporate to becoming a VP at the time I worked for you. What was the journey like for you? Uh... Yeah, it was a lot of, a lot of interesting experiences all along the way because uh, this was a small company. So my experience was working with people that had companies the size of thirty or less, mm -hmm. uh, and um, I was an individual contributor is the term they use for a software engineer. Right. You know, um, I wasn't thinking about management. Not at all. It just became an opportunity when the manager left and I was asked, I was kind of like the next man up mm -hmm. and the owner of the company asked me if I would be the manager of the engineers there. That's kind of how I became a manager. Um, what progressed me beyond that was education and I, my wife I took it all the way to manager. Well, actually, no. My wife took me all the way to where I am. Right. And then she took me again. That took me above manager to director and, and, and on up. I mm. contributed that to her because she talked me into going back to school, and I, I didn't want to go back. And you, you went back to, uh, to get your master's? I went back and got an MBA, yeah. Wow, interesting. And that no desire. <laughs> I had no desire to do it, but uh, she... Uh, she, she persuaded me to do it, and um, I worked full-time and went to school on weekends for mm. two years and got an MBA. Wow. Quite, quite a journey. Uh, by the time I meet you, I believe in 2017, when you hired me as an intern, you take me through this path, and, and nobody had ever done it for me in that capacity as far as corporate concern. It was my first job. So you sit me down and you tell me, what do you want to do? Where do you want to be? Like if you, you know, you ask me, what's my dream career? At that time, I just wanted to be a developer. You know, I didn't really think about it. But then I write all these steps down and then you and I start working on that, meeting mm -hmm. it on one-on-one -on -one and all yeah. that. Did you have someone do that for you and that would inspire you to start doing it for others? No, I did not. And actually, that's probably what inspired me. Was that Nobody did it, and somebody should be doing that, mm -hmm. and that's um, that's probably what I believe is something that's very important. Mm -hmm. And you know, if I think really hard, I could probably step back and say 
my wife kind of instilled that. And, and I would mean, what I mean by that is in a way that when I was just going back to college and going back to school, she wrote down and mapped the whole plan of how I would start, mm-hmm. uh, start at a two year transfer to a four year wow. and graduate from a four year, mm-hmm. which is cheaper by the way, <laughs> a lot cheaper. <laughs> and in the end. Nobody knows that you mm. went to a two-year college. So if I never told you, you would never know. That's right. You would only see my four-year degree. Mm-hmm. Now, we live, we live in an interesting time, Mr. Tyson. Today, a lot of people are saying that college is not necessary, right? They, they don't want to go to college and all that. As an employer, as someone who's hiring people, why do you think college is important? What I've learned, um, and I've seen uh, some individuals that uh, don't have a college degree, uh, which uh, college doesn't make you intelligent, Mm -hmm. uh, but what it does do is it shows discipline. Mm. That's what I see when I see it. It's somebody that's disciplined and someone that can finish things. That's tells a, that tells a very different story, you know, and in today's time, it, 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 it almost feels like it's expected now. It's kind of interesting, mm-hmm. but, um, I would say that's, those are the two things that stand out to me more than looking at, uh, the, the specifics of the education itself, but knowing that you have a degree in your hand. And as my mother would say, you only do it once. <laughs> Once you got it, it's yours for life. Mm. And it's just getting over the hump to get you past that point to where you can finish. Mm. But it does show discipline. Um, and it shows that you can start something and you can finish something. Mm. So would it matter what kind of degree you pursue? No. Mm. I think you can get a degree in art. You can get a degree in anything. Uh, it, it tells a, it tells a completely different story, uh, from that standpoint. And actually, um, uh, anybody get a degree like in philosophy, any of those types of things, it, it, it kind of shows a, you know, you're a different type of thinker or different things that, uh, uh, you're, you're passionate about or that kind of stuff. But I don't. I don't know. My per this is me personally. Now right. anybody else may have a different opinion, but mm-hmm. me personally, Absolutely. I don't. I don't care what it's in as long as you got one. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other the other thing that uh, having gone, I'll say, through almost every single step in corporate America, from being a developer to to being an executive, how do you think? Should youngsters that are just starting their job in corporate, how should they navigate their career? Or what do you think should their priorities be when they get started? Uh, I think everybody should have a plan. I think it's always good to have a plan. Know what the end game looks like. Mm-hmm. Where are you trying to get to? What does that look like? And that kind of helps you bridge and figure out where, where, you, where, you, where you move and navigate. You know, that's one thing is, is knowing what that looks like. Um, once you get in a company, uh, you obviously, and this, this is more natural mm-hmm. is learning the culture. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say when you go to an interview, they're interviewing you, you, but you know, always go in that perspective that you're also interviewing them. Yes, sir. I think I remember right? you told me that what interview yeah, you want to make, I mean, you know, Obviously, you're the one that's trying to get the job, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, you want to make sure it's the right fit. Mm. You want to make sure it's the right company. You want to make sure, you know, the values line up, Mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, you need to interview them too. Ask them questions, Mm -hmm. you know. Find out things you want to know about them. And what are some of the questions, your go-to questions when, like, you're interviewing a company? Uh, Well... I kind of think of things that are a little more practical. I'm, I'm, cons- I like to think of myself as a practical person. Mm-hmm. So how successful is a company? Mm-hmm. You know, if I can't find that information out there, you know, what is, what is, uh, what does their future look like? Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm in tech, 
What does their tech stack look like? Is it anything I'm interested in? Mm. Are they doing anything with, you know, cloud technology, you know, mm. um, anything that you feel that's important for you? Uh, but obviously the company's got to be profitable. I would say you definitely need to find out if the company's making money. You don't want right. to walk in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I've, I've been there too. <laughs> work with companies and then they fold up, mm. you know, and then you got to walk away, but you definitely want to, want to make sure, you know, they're, they're su- just as successful as you expect to be. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, we, we switch a little gear, some some gears here, okay. and, and talk about something something that is is plugging uh, corporate America today, uh, diversity. When I worked for you, my first job, I didn't I didn't notice that as an issue because at least the department where I was and the whole floor was very very diverse. I think you you had about what sixty seventy people reporting to you, yeah. and and. It was all type of background. I think all five companies were represented in the group that was reporting to you. What was that as a leader, leading, first off, leading a diverse culture, but then getting all the people to come together to accomplish one common objective? I guess to back up a little bit, to create, to have that mm-hmm. is special. I, I, I view that as something very, very special. Is that something you created you intentionally? Intentional. Okay. Is that something you created intentionally? I would or say yes. Happen? Mm. I would say yes. And the reason I say this is because I remember building that organization <laughs> and I had to be very intentional mm. about it. Just like when you don't have it, you know, uh, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a message there. Mm. You know, but I think in order to have that, um, it doesn't just naturally happen. Mm, that's interesting. That's my perspective. No, I think it's a, it's a good point that you're making because I had this discussion uh, with someone in the past. He said, we as human, we have the tendency to navigate around people that look like us, talk like us, you know, or do the the same things as us. Mm. Like church folks, we navigate around church folks, you know. Uh, people that love basketball, we we be around people people that love basketball. And every time we talk about diversity and all that, it's a little bit of a push, you know, pushing people out of their comfort zone, even as yourself. Learning all these different cultures, one of the good memories I, I have is that we had this, I think, a pot day where everybody bought food from their mm. culture. And I saw you trying food from different cultures. What was that like for you, just bringing all that together and walking out of your comfort zone? That was the most beautiful experience I've ever had. One of the most. Um, growing up, uh, I grew up in a... You know, I would say pretty much predominantly black community, mm-hmm. um, middle, middle class, lower middle class. Um, but you only knew what, what was around you, you know, mm-hmm. that's it. Um, but, um, traveling a little bit, uh, having the, uh, opportunity to, to venture out and do some things as I gotten older you tend to uh, appreciate uh, things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, that, that was probably, that was a neat experience. You get to try different things, uh, you know, you get used to your, your own comfort, which mm-hmm. that's natural. Mm-hmm. People typically like to stay with what's comfortable, but yeah, I, I would say that, that was a good experience. Wonderful experience, and, and and the kids do that at school. They have International Day. I remember that. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and uh, we there is another another thing that uh, personally inspired me as as I worked for you, and I, I'll state it plainly: seeing you up there gave me hope. As as a a, a junior and associate software engineer when I joined that company. And knowing that you're a VP and even talking to you and just the fact that you were up there gave me hope in a sense that if he accomplished it, so can I. Hmm. 
we talk about two things here. The first thing is something that you discussed, you and I discussed a few a few years ago, at least I heard you giving a talk on it, the power of vision. Why looking at something can inspire you, which of course led uh, back then to, uh, to this concept that you had about learning to show to kids early what the future could be like. Let's talk about the aspect of vision and then the aspect or the importance of having someone that looks like you represents you, how that can be inspirational for younger generations. Yeah, I'd say it's 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 super inspirational. Um, um, I've had that experience where um, you see somebody in a... Uh, you know, big role, top role, and it uh, it allows you to be able to see yourself that way. You know, so I, I would say that's that's super uh, important. And um, you know, that's 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 one thing. It it it, it helps kids kind of see uh, where you know, hey, I could be an astronaut, or I could be a pilot, or I could be whatever those things are, you know, uh, a CEO or that kind of stuff. But uh, I think it's very valuable is, is being able to visualize and see, you know, not only yourself, but someone like you. I mean, I've, I've kind of experienced, I've even experienced my seeing myself in, 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 a, in a role before I, before I was there. I used to always tell myself this, uh, uh, that I would see myself in the role, um, and actually, I would I would tell people I'm already there. I'm just waiting for the role to catch up to me. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that, that interesting story you you once told me about how I believe you moved from a manager position to a director position. Uh, I don't know if you still remember the story about sitting on a one on one with your boss and breaking through that limitation for the first time. And actually, it was uh, moving from director to vice president because oh, yes, the did. gap seemed so wide to me, right. you know, just sitting on the outside looking in. Mm -hmm. But then, um, yeah, I was just having a conversation and it just popped in my head like, I could do that. Hmm. Yeah, I could do that. I totally see myself there. So then I would tell myself, yeah, okay, then I'm already there. Hmm. I'm just waiting for everything else to catch up. And all of a sudden, this certain level of confidence, it starts instilling in you. And then I think subconsciously, you start doing incremental things that help you achieve that. So do you think it's kind of important for people to visualize things that they want to achieve? Yeah. Yeah. I think you, you wherever that, whatever that thing is, whatever it is, you visualize it. And you tell yourself, yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that's me. Mm -hmm. I'm already there. I'm just waiting for everything else to catch up. Right. Now, another, another thing. Sounds that, a little crazy, but that's kind of. It can. It, I, I think it, it, I, it, it did help me a lot as well. Um, I, I once had a position as pretty much as a manager and I remember first talking to you about it and I told you, I'm just two years into corporate. I don't think I'm comfortable doing this. You were like, no, you are comfortable and you're already doing it. All you're waiting for is, you know, the title uh, to catch up with you, yeah. which, which helped a lot in changing my paradigm or even shifting my paradigm or my thoughts. So then the question is, when are you ever comfortable? When is the time ever right? I don't think there is like a... It's not. There's never a moment where no. you're really comfortable. No. Don't ever be... You know, if someone came to you and said, you know, hey, I need you to be the director of this department and it's about, you know, 50 people or 40 people I need you to run. Hmm. Take it. Do you take it? So I was offered when uh, I moved from a manager to director. Mm -hmm. I was uh, 
before I accepted the role, there was a couple things that was uh, brought to my attention. Mm -hmm. One of them was be aware that that's kind of defined as middle management. And when times get rough for the company, mm -hmm. we usually start cutting people at middle management. Mm. So I'm just giving you, you know, this, this is kind of a conversation I have with a, yeah. with a senior leader. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just, just be aware of that. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, you know, that, that was kind of one of the big things that was brought to my attention. I was like, is he trying to discourage me from accepting <laughs> the role? You know, he said, you know, but if you still want it, it's yours. <laughs> and so I was like, well, yeah, I want it. I'll just take my chances. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't work out, I'll move on anyway. <laughs> or I could say no and stay where I'm at mm. and miss that opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, so no, I'll take my chances. And what are some of the challenges that you faced by taking bigger risk and, and bigger responsibilities and how did you adapt to them? You know, it probably wasn't really the work. Mm. People always think that at first, that the work's going to be mm -hmm. overwhelming. You know, I think you naturally just will evolve mm -hmm. to take on the work and the responsibility, maybe learning some new things, that kind of stuff. But that, that you'll learn that. Mm -hmm. Um, the big part is more, um, accepting, uh, and, and, you know, almost being in the role and being able to interact with your peers, especially if you're in a situation where you're the only one that looks like you, mm. uh, and you're in meetings and you're kind of have to be able to, uh, speak or articulate or respond to questions or talk about something mm -hmm. and uh, not get intimidated or any of those types of things. So Now, uh, you, you're opening up a, a very interesting point that uh, I think is worth discussing. Your whole career, you starting up, first of all, as not someone who had completely a computer science education and then getting promoted to places. Have you ever felt, I think people refer to it as different things, but have you ever dealt with the imposter syndrome where you feel like, I don't think I belong here, or I don't think that this is, I can do this. Hmm. Interesting term, imposter syndrome, which I guess that term itself, uh, to me, it just translates to just, uh, I'm doing something. Am I qualified or have the skills and credentials to do what I'm being asked to do? I guess that's probably the definition of it. Right. Yeah. I, I've, I've experienced that. Um, you have moments of it where you sit and you feel like, um, uh, you don't speak as well or you don't, uh, you don't fit in or when you're having casual conversations, you don't have uh, any knowledge or experience about that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, some prime examples is you could be sitting around a group of your peers and everybody's talking about, I don't know, some stock market, real estate. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it is, you yeah. know, hockey, you know, right. I don't know anything. I don't even know the rules. I don't watch <laughs> hockey. You know, but everybody's uh, watching hockey, so you get a little, you know, maybe I should learn about hockey or mm. something like that, you know. Um, or, and this actually happened to me. I was in a meeting, and somebody was explaining something, and they used a word. I had no idea what that word meant. Mm. And that was, uh, that was like a struggling situation being in that meeting for like one hour that one hour felt like eight hours because <laughs> i'm like all of a sudden i don't feel like i belong there mm -hmm. that one little thing happened one word just one word and i had no idea what that word meant and how how do you go about overcoming that when you find yourself let's say in the moment what do you do so that you can snap out of that and get back into the uh, i think what helped me then was i had 
um, like coaches, mentor, I had like mm -hmm. advisors, I had people I could talk to. Mm -hmm. I had a resource back then, but I can't imagine if you didn't have that and how hard that is. And you got to take, take that with you, you know, and get past that, mm -hmm. you know, but as simple as, as, as small as that little thing is, you know, mm -hmm. starts, starts going through your spinning in your head and starts right. bothering you, you know, and, mm. you know, then you got to get past that. But when you have a good support system, mm -hmm. it helps you get through those kind of silly things, I call them, you know. Mm. And then another thing that sometimes create this syndrome, imposter syndrome, whatever they call it, is sometimes facing bullies within corporate people that we try to push you down and make you feel like you're not knowledgeable enough, not good enough. Mm. How do you deal with with situations like that or people like that incorporate without, of course, without creating a whole scene, without getting too emotional or without, you know, getting fired? Yeah. I'm trying to think of us if that ever happened. I've had some situations, but I didn't, I didn't see them as bully type of mm. things. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I don't know if I've really experienced something like that. And maybe I did. I just didn't, wasn't aware of it. Mm -hmm. um, but I think some of those things maybe that did happen, my interpretation was that they were, um, you know, usually when I see things like that, I see somebody trying to build themselves up mm. or create a distraction. Mm -hmm. You know, so nobody focuses on them and maybe focus on you. Right. You know, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I, I'm trying to remember. I'd have to think about that one for a minute. And mm. now, have you ever been in a situation where employees are reporting to you that this particular person is really making work hard right as far as the culture like it doesn't fit into the culture as a manager how do you deal with things like that like where someone's... they're producing numbers i mean as far as numbers are concerned they're producing but they make a little everybody comfortable around them whether it's the way they talk the way they treat other people around them or sometimes trying to push their own agenda while pushing everybody or giving some false report about other people like a peer or a manager? Yeah, a peer. Knowing how I am, mm -hmm. um, my first thought is I think about the credibility of the individual. Mm. Um, and then I think about uh, my own performance. Mm -hmm. If I'm not intimidated by all my own performance, my work speaks for itself. Mm. Um, and then I look at the credibility of the person. I mean, if the person's not credible... <laughs> I don't waste my time with them. I just kind of focus on my work. Mm. And if anything is challenged, you know, as far as telling, saying things that aren't true, I just say that's not true. I mean, these, here's my results. These, mm -hmm. these are my things. This mm -hmm. is what I'm doing, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and um, maybe have an individual conversation with the person and try to find out mm -hmm. what you know, what's going on, mm -hmm. you know, how do we work through this? Mm. You know, if that doesn't work, I guess I'll just flatten all his tires before he goes. Home. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually he'll find out, find out that he can learn to be quiet. Right. I definitely agree. So you know, not so, that I've done that. And I know you would do that. <laughs> You know, you're the type of people that we used to say it would hurt a fly. <laughs> there's just there's just no way you're doing something like that. Now, talking about all the things that you and I... Well, I could tell you some stories, but we won't go there. <laughs> uh, talking about all the stuff that you and I have discussed in private as far as uh, career, a lot of time where you've helped me in, in navigating different phase or season of my career the economy is kind of challenging right now jobs are hard to come by and people are struggling a lot of companies are cutting on budget uh, starting with all the big five facebook amazon you know twitter and all that 
have been doing a lot of cutting. What would you tell to someone who is in transition right now? What can they do to pull themselves in, in a better position for, for their next opportunity? Networking is probably the number one. Um, even if you have to make a list, write down every person that you know that you can think of um, and connect. Somebody knows somebody. Um, that's one thing, you know, invest, I would say, invest a big amount of your time is, uh, networking. Uh The other is, uh, take a look at the, the, what things look like. If things look like it's going to be a little while, Uh if you're trying to stay in the same field, you might have to, you might have to pivot a little bit. I've done that. Now, how do you how do you go about that? Let's say you've been. I, I was reading a story a few a few days ago. Mm. This one person has been working at this company for twenty years, doing the exact same job, has has grown within the company, but it's been twenty years of the same thing, and now they got laid off, and they have no idea where to start from. So, how do you go about pivoting and going to something else? Well, to me, that that. That tells, that tells me a couple things. So then mm-hmm. you think, God, that sucks. I mean, this guy's de- dedicated 20 years of his life mm-hmm. or 20 plus, 15, whatever that is. Any organization says, thanks for your service. Mm-hmm. We don't need you anymore. What does that say? Company's going to have to make the best decision or the decision they think is best for them. Which to me that I interpret that is that means I have to make the best decision I need to make mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. And you've been doing that for 20 years. Now it's time to sit back and reflect and, and figure out, do I want to do this somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Or do I want to take a shift? It depends on where you are in your life, mm-hmm. where you are in your career. Mm-hmm. You know, um, me, I tend to get a little more practical. I'm like, okay, what is the purpose of this whole uh, job career thing? Mm. You know, um, I had to kind of just come to realization. It's only a piece of who you are, mm. right? Uh, the main objective of that leaving home and going and working and coming back is to provide a service uh, to uh, that organization and they pay you for it. Mm. And when they don't need you anymore, they're going to, they don't, they're going to stop paying you. Mm-hmm. We don't need your service. Okay. Nothing personal. But then you have to start thinking, what, what is the objective? Objective was that you get a paycheck and you come home and you can make mm. ends meet, mm-hmm. you know, shelter, food, you know, all the different things and also have some disposable income to do nice things, mm-hmm. you know? So then you got to figure out how to, how to close that gap. Mm. You know, uh, some companies give severances and some uh, don't, mm-hmm. you know? Nobody's obligated to do that, but you have to put yourself in a position to make sure uh, you're okay at home. Mm. And uh, that looks at, you know, doing whatever the things you need to do to to keep a roof over your head and keep your bill, bills paid, you know. Mm. That's kind of how I look at it. And I've done that. Mm. You know, I could tell you some of the jobs I've worked when I got laid off. Nobody believes me, but I did it. I've changed oil, I did mechanic jobs, and I did all kinds of things, hmm. whatever it took. No pride. Uh, uh, no pride, that's that's a good one. Yeah, I'm not stuck on a title and all that kind of stuff. Hmm. It's nice when you have it, but you know, truth be told, uh, it's just a signature in an email. Uh-huh. It has a couple letters in the alphabet. That's about all it is. That's right. You know, what fascinates people is it it has a definition in the organization and it has a a nice compensation attached to it, you know, Mm -hmm. which is nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Easier to say when you have it, you know. Right. But uh, in the end, um, uh, you got to start looking at things that are that are that really matter and the things that are important. Mm -hmm. That's what I say. You, you've always told me 
to always make sure that the company needs me more than I need them. How how do you have you have you gone about that in your career? Um uh one example was I took all the things nobody wanted. Mm. Um when I relocated uh to this uh to Texas, mm. um I remember uh one of the things that happened was people didn't there was a lot of projects and products and stuff that were a headache. Nobody wanted it. And um, people gave them to me, and I took it. And um, taking those things, they were hard stuff. They were people that didn't run it. There were a lot of things that we needed to do to <laughs> fix those things and all that kind of stuff. But it, uh, one of the things that it did do was I was able to establish a lot of relationships in that organization mm. because of those things. Mm -hmm. A lot. I got to know a lot of people and that, uh, that served me well. Mm. So yeah, you got to do things that stand out. Um, you know, uh, and know people mm. relationships matter. You can't sit in your cube and, and toss in messages and, and emails and think you're going to get recognized. Mm. You got to make yourself known. And sometimes you got to look and be creative sometimes with that. Now, let's talk a little bit about, you know, you grow as you grow your responsibility, grow, and your company starts taking a little more of your time than than you need to. How do you manage to create that balance between your work and, and your personal life and not always taking work home and sometimes staying up late uh, while trying to achieve the things, you know, progressing your career while keeping keeping a good balanced life at home? Yeah, that was hard. Uh, I would say I wasn't good at it. Um, I gave the company a lot of my time <clears throat> to uh, accomplish and do some of the things that uh, that needed to be done. Um, that's a tough one because um, the company demands a lot uh, or organizations or in general uh, have a high expectations. Um, I think you got to be intentional. You got to make sure you take your time off. You mm -hmm. got to set aside time. You got to leverage your calendar um, to uh, have certain certain times that are off limit. Turn your phone off. All those types of things. I think you have to be very intentional about that mm -hmm. to do that. Oh. I wasn't good at that. It took me a while to learn that. I think it's it's uh, maybe a little. Maybe the last month when we, we worked at the organization where we worked together, that one time I remember showing up to the office. I was like, today I'm bidding Mr. Tyson to the office and you didn't show up that day. I showed up like at 6 a.m. and your office, the lights were off. I was like, yes, and then you didn't show up for the whole day. But then after that, I started seeing that shift in you where, you know, It'll be 5 p.m. and I'll see you with your laptop working out of the company. I was like, wow, I didn't know that Tyson went back home. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I was uh, worked pretty hard then, put in a lot of hours. <clears throat> Try to work smarter, you know, but everybody has a limit. <laughs> That's right. And now, when when it comes to your to your personal discipline, what are some of the things that you do in your personal life just just help you to maintain your health and you know keeping yourself sharp and and keeping yourself uh, up to date with this ever changing technological world? Mm. Uh, a lot of reading, um, and um, I would say that's probably number one. Mm. I wasn't a, always a reader, um, but I've learned to become a person that, uh, reads. Um, that's one thing to, to just, uh, read for understanding, learning, and even to know what's going on in the world, just to have a mm -hmm. intelligent conversation with different people. Mm -hmm. Um, the other is, um, you try to stay active. Um, sitting at home playing video games uh, probably doesn't burn very many calories. You know, so <laughs> it sure doesn't. <laughs> nothing wrong with that, but I would say you know you got to move around a little bit. Mm -hmm. Even I 
go for walks or that kind of stuff. Uh, and then diet, try to be a little more conscious of balancing your, your diet. It's good for, you know, not only for yourself, but also, also your health insurance, you know? Right. Uh, uh, I think they kind of encourage you to, to eat right, eat balance, that kind of stuff. But I've never really had problems with that. So that's mm. just something I've always, uh, grew up, grew up with. It's just, uh, having a somewhat of a decent diet. I didn't never had any issues with that. So, mm. but I would say you definitely have to stay active with your mind and your body. Mm. You know, that keeps that keeps you refreshed and disconnect. Got to be able to disconnect. Mm -hmm. uh, life can't be just about work. Mm. You got to go and disconnect and go do some other things that are fun. Mm. And when it comes to, to your reading, uh, what books would you, do you, do you recommend for reading? Um, Why would you ask me that question? I want <laughs> that you recommended me that I still, I still, I, I kept a copy of it. Uh, David and Goliath. That was a good one. Yeah, this was uh, definitely uh, was a, a good, good one. Book, I really enjoy uh, with Malcolm Gladwell. I really enjoyed this book. Uh, yeah, that was that was a good one. I probably need to read it again. Yep. Yeah. I, I can't think. Why? I have to be honest. I don't. I don't have any off the top of my head. There's another one that you told me that you found um, one time, I think The Way of a Peaceful Warrior. You told me the story of that book about a monk and this young man, and the monk was giving him advices, but I never had a chance to read that one. Yes, yes. That was a long time ago. I that was a long time ago. I don't remember the story. <laughs> I remember the book, but I don't remember the story. So, yeah, that was, that was, that was a good book. That was a good book. Uh, the autobiography of, um, my mind's going blank, trying to think of the tennis player. What's his name? Can't think of his name right now. That was, that was, that was a good story. Mm. It's a good book. Any, any podcasts that you'll listen to that you'd like to recommend? Uh, I'm not, it's, it's terrible as it sounds. <laughs> I do listen to some podcasts, but not a lot. Not a lot. Uh, mm. No. Um, probably the one I'm going through right now mm -hmm. um, is uh, one that's called, I think it's called Bible in a Year. Mm. And it's going through all the stories of each book. Mm. I think I'm in numbers right now, so it's kind of fascinating I, I was trying to uh to to read the bible in a year that never worked for me it's always been it worked once and then the rest of it is always like two three years <laughs> into it yeah it's... but some of the books that really get me that slow me down leviticus and numbers it's okay. it's a lot of well this podcast kind of tells the stories mm -hmm. uh so there's a little bit of anime you know you hear sounds and stuff right. like that so they kind of put you there in your mind and and the way they tell the stories is not the same as you read the reading you know so it's i agree it's very uh uh yeah it's very good it's very good i i tend to love to tap into the the spiritual side of me That's interesting. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm very fascinated with that right now. That's great. That's great. All right. We, we, we always like finishing up with these, uh, with these questions. They're surprise questions, impromptu questions. Okay. Uh, you don't have to answer them if you're not comfortable. Okay. But uh, if you give a good answer, we can expand on that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Three qualities of you that you like and one thing your wife would like you to change. Three qualities that I like? Yeah. Uh, everybody may not agree with this, <laughs> but I would say my um, my humor. Mm -hmm. uh, three. Why do you have to give me three? Um, I learn by doing. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if that's really a quality, but... It is. I would say yeah. that... <laughs> And uh, leadership, leadership, definitely. Yeah, 
Yeah. And communication too. Now, first one you, the, <laughs> the other one is you say, one my wife would want to change. We want you to change. Yeah. Um, I tend to criticize sometimes, maybe. Uh, I tend to be a little overly critical sometimes. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a quality, but she probably would tell me to calm down. <laughs> If you live, if you you could live anywhere in the world, where, where would it be? Anywhere in the world, mm -hmm. if the choice was all yours. Well, uh, there's a lot of places I haven't been, mm -hmm. so, so that's going to make it a little harder to mm -hmm. pick places I haven't been. But uh, I love the ocean. I just love the ocean. So it's anywhere that there's like a beautiful ocean. I just love that sound. It's so peaceful. It's so peaceful. I forget about everything. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I love the sound of the ocean. Uh, I don't think I'll live close to it though. <laughs> I, I would love to live uh, by the water. As a matter of fact, I almost, I was like this close to moving. Mm. I was this close. I almost did it. Wow. Interesting. Uh, if you could change anything in the world, what would it be? Anything in the world? Mm -hmm. um, inequality, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a big one that holds a lot of people back. Mm -hmm. Um that some people have no control over. I think it's a lot more complicated. Politicians try to make it simple, but I think it's a lot more complicated. Mm. Yeah. Because there's a lot of things inside of there mm -hmm. that drive that. Mm. So, yeah. Interesting. Uh, and the last one. If you're not doing what you're doing right now, what would you like? What would you be doing? If you didn't, you know, if you weren't a computer scientist, what would you have wanted to be knowing what you know right now? Uh, an artist. Hmm. I almost went to art school. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, I was, I was, I used to, I loved art. I used mm. to draw a lot as a kid. Mm -hmm. Wanted to be a cartoonist. Wow. I haven't seen any of your drawings, but uh, no, I'll be I haven't, I haven't. I haven't done any in a while. <laughs> well, it's been a while since I picked up a pencil or anything. Yeah. So I, I, one day I may go back to it. But yeah. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I think it is with this that we all will be finishing today. Uh, how can people reach out to you if they want to talk to you or just, you know, want to to get a piece of your advice as far as their career is concerned or, you know, their personal life? Because, I mean, Mr. Tyson has helped me not only in my career, but also personally, even my decisions, some, some of the financial mm -hmm. decisions that, you know, that could have been very costly to me, even salary negotiation that we didn't get a chance to talk about again. But uh, how can people reach out to you? Um. I guess you could just shoot me an email, uh, TysonBonte at gmail.com. So that's probably the best way to get a hold of me. Um, any... I want to give my number out. You know. <laughs> no, no, no. We try to. <laughs> I'll make sure that your number, your number stays private. And you can also reach out to us if you still can get hold of him. We try to make sure to how uh, to connect you to to Tyson. Uh, Mr. Tyson, any any closing thought before uh, we call? It's today? been a pleasure, Mark. It, it was really a pleasure. pleasure. We we have to do this again. I, Absolutely. I enjoy it. Uh, there, there is, there is definitely a lot more conversation that we need to have, especially, uh, uh, we talked about this before, especially about minorities, how in, in, in the fields of engineering, but also in corporate, even like in executive position level about how to me, how just seeing you there 
gave me a boost, an inspiration, a desire to become better and what we can do even to help our communities. It's part of what we do here on Bond Growth. The donations that we receive is to help communities. Right now, we're offering some scholarships in the Congo, but we also want to start going to schools here. You know, scholarships, whatever it can be, $500 for college can help you buy books and, and things right, like that. Right, right. Yeah. So those are things that we're working on, but we'd definitely be okay. excited to, to have you back again and to have some more discussion into that. I would, I would like to see you on this side. <laughs> and then I'm talking about your career, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's the next time I'd like to see. I'd like to see you over here and I'm sitting over there. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it would be a great pleasure. And listen, gentlemen, I know we were supposed to have a leadership conference this year, but Adam and I decided to move it to next year. And Tyson will be one of our speakers on our, on our leadership conference. So we communicate to you the date. We'll let you know when that will be happening. And we'll be excited to have you around. Mr. Tyson, it was really a pleasure having you here. And thank you so much. After trying for more than 18 months to get him on the podcast, <laughs> I finally was able to get him. And so that's, that's really exciting. And we are exciting. And uh, I'm very grateful for, for you, Mr. Tyson. Oh, a lot of fun, man. Absolutely. A lot of fun. All right. With that being said, again, if you, it's your first time here, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to like the video. Uh, it goes a long way. If you have been listening to us on your favorite podcasting platform, uh, mostly Spotify and Apple Podcasts, where most of our listeners are, don't forget to hit the follow button so that you are notified every time we have a new episode. Again, our donations uh, that goes to fund the scholarships uh, right now that are helping kids to go to school in the Congo is www.unboundedgrowth.org forward slash donate. And and if you haven't subscribed to our mailing list yet, it's www.unboundedgrowth.org slash subscribe. So we can give, be giving you growth nuggets every single week. They're short to read and you can check out our blog post to help you in your journey in personal growth, personal development and leadership. Uh, God bless you. We'll be seeing you for our next episode. Bye-bye.